Unto us a child is born and a son is given. Theologians let us know that this is the very beginnings of what we would find out about the Lord Jesus Christ about 500 years before he ever appeared on the earth. A child is born, a son is given. This speaks to the humanity of Jesus and the deity of Jesus. Jesus is man and Jesus is God. He's not half man and half God. He's not part man, part God. He's not man who can do God's stuff. He is not a man that became a God. He is God and he is man at the same time. As one old preacher said, he is 200%. This is... Jesus, for the Bible said in Philippians chapter 2, though he was God, he did not think equality with God as something to cling to. Instead of, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and he was born as a human being. Not like, a, he was born a human being. Jesus did not dress up like a man. He became a man. When man couldn't get to God, God got to man by becoming a man. Now, this is really good news uh, because the, the Jesus of John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word, the eternal Word of God, the eternal Logos of God, the eternal person of God, the Word became John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among men. So this would distinguish us from some other religions that look similar to Christianity. It's not that God the Father had a son with a goddess. God the word became a man and took the position of son to teach sinners what a son could be. So the father didn't have a baby. The word became a man and took the position of a slave, the position of a son, the position of a servant in order to teach us how we could fully serve God and know God as father. Okay, I'm getting a little theological for 1015, so you got to keep it moving. So this is, this is good. This is good because it means that he gets me. Because he's got one of these two. Has this thing ever acted up on you or just me? Has this, has this body ever forgotten that you're a Christian? Come on, somebody. He gets me. He gets me because he is a man. But he can help me because he is God. He understands my weakness because he is a man. And yet he can change me because he is God. He is merciful to me because he's had to stand in my shoes. But he is powerful because he cannot be contained. He understands temptation because he's been tempted. But he did not sin. And therefore he can deliver us from temptation. He is man enough to weep at a funeral for his best friend Lazarus. Oh, but he's God enough 
to say, Lazarus, come forth. He can weep with those who weep, but he can also say, you don't have to stay there forever. I can move you forward. This is Jesus. He got tired and he slept. Amen. And he can also give you rest. This is Jesus. He got thirsty at a well in John chapter 4. And then he can turn around and look at that woman and say, I have living water for you. He was hungry and yet he was also the bread of life. He felt pain on the cross whenever he was crucified and cut and beaten and whipped and tortured. And yet he can heal pain. He can heal the broken heart. He can mend the broken hearted. He can, he can come close to us and not just say toughen up, but he knows what pain feels like. And therefore he can heal us from a place of, have you ever met a mean nurse? <laughs> I got to keep moving because Okay, that's not him. That's not Jesus. That's, he's been there. He's, he's been too far in this thing to just say, get up and get over it. You will never find in the Bible, get over it. Because he's, he's been too close to what we felt. And he knows it's not that easy. Oh, but he's strong enough to say, I'll get over it with you over time because he's man enough to be merciful and he's God enough to be powerful. He was, he was man and therefore he had to learn to pray. And the Bible actually says in Hebrews 5, he had to suffer and pray. He had to learn the suffering of waiting on God. He had to learn the pain of saying it and then seeing it. And yet he's God enough to answer our prayers when we pray in his name. He faced the devil face to face. Oh, man. And now he will help you face your devil. This is Jesus. He faced death. He felt the sting of death. Then he beat death, conquered death, holds the keys to death. And now he gives us freedom over spiritual death, protects us from the spirit of death, takes away the sting of death and gives us real and eternal and abundant life. This is Jesus. I lo anybody love Jesus? I just feel like... Oh, I just love Jesus. This whole thing is about Jesus. I love Jesus. He's man enough to understand my humanity. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. We don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who on every aspect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. He's man enough to understand my humanity, but he's God enough to set me free. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. This is Jesus. I love Jesus. I love him. I don't know if you love him yet. He loves you. And I'll tell you, there's a joy in life that only comes from loving your creator and loving the one who gave life to your soul. He is awesome. He is altogether lovely, altogether wonderful. He, he is the very thing you've been looking for. For the Bible said in Ecclesiastes chapter three that God actually placed eternity in your heart. There's something in you. There's something deep on the inside of you that craves your creator, that craves the eternal, that craves what only God can give you. This is Jesus. 
And now Isaiah looks hundreds of years into the future. He sees his Messiah and he calls him wonderful counselor. He calls him mighty God. He calls him everlasting father. He calls him prince of peace. This is Jesus. And I want to I give you these very quickly in our time together. Number one, Jesus is our guide. He is our guide. He is our wonderful counselor. Let me tell you something that maybe you didn't know. God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you personally. Okay? And until you appreciate the personal voice of the Holy Spirit, you will not fully appreciate the corporate voice of the church. (laughs) Uh, if, If you only hear the voice of God Sunday to Sunday... It's not going to mean a lot. But when you start hearing that voice Monday through Saturday, what the corporate voice is, it becomes a loud amen to what you're already hearing. But if you haven't been hearing all week and then you come in here and just hear a loud amen, it just sounds like a ganging, like a, you know, a clanging cymbal. It just sounds like a big gong. It just, it just sounds like noise. But when you, when you've been hearing that voice all week and then the preacher says something that confirms what the spirit of God is already telling you, this becomes something supernatural. And so if you ever want to appreciate this preacher's voice, you're going to have to learn how to hear the personal voice of the Holy Spirit. God wants to speak to you. God wants to lead you. God wants to guide you. God wants to process with you. He's a counselor. You don't go to counseling once. Marriage is on the rocks. Hey, you should try counseling. Oh, we, uh, you, know, you should go to counseling. Oh, we tried that. You don't try it. I went once like I was an idiot. No, he just didn't tell you what you wanted to hear. You, <laughs> you don't try counseling and you don't try Jesus. He's a wonderful counselor. See, many of you go to Jesus at the end of a thing. Whoa, that was good. And, and here's what I mean by it. You've tried everything else and I was like, ah, 911, Jesus. He doesn't just want to be there at the end of a thing. He actually wants to be there at the beginning of a thing. He wants to counsel you. He wants to talk to you. The joy is not the miracle. The joy is the conversation. The joy is actually not the breakthrough. The joy is the journey. The joy is not the, oh my God, God, I need you. I've got no one else to turn to. The joy is when he becomes your wonderful counselor and you start bouncing things off of him. Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? God, what do you think about this? Jesus, I'm praying about these different job opportunities. I'm I'm thinking about this new business venture. I'm thinking about this relationship. I'm, I've got some things going on. You, you involve him in the journey. The joy of prayer is not the answer to prayer. The joy of prayer is not the, I'm in an emergency and I need a miracle. That's stressful. Miracles are stressful. <laughs> Needed, but stressful. The better place to be is to be bouncing things off of him. Laying on that couch. What do you think? That was my couch pose. He wants to be your wonderful counselor. You're missing the joy of the relationship. He wants to talk you through things. 
Sometimes he'll deliver you out of things, but a lot of times he'll talk you through things. <laughs> that one word from God, friend, can change your life. I call it an anchor word. I got an anchor word for City Light. I felt like God gave me a word about coming to this city. I feel like I got a word from heaven from Acts chapter 16. I got, a, I got an anchor. You know, God can give you a word. I, I feel like we have a word over Goldie, and it's a word that I pray, and it's, a, it's an anchor word. It's a, it's a word that I fight with. It's a word that I, that I come against the devil with. It's a word that I bring before God. It's an anchor word. God wants to speak to you. One word from God can change everything in your life. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they will follow me. Isaiah 30, verse 21, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying this is the way. Oh, how many would love that? How many would love a this is the way when you're, when you're, when you're buying property? A this is the way when you're about to do business with someone that you really don't know. This is the way on a first date. How about you just on the first date hear a voice that says this is the way? Why not, why not bother with five or six dates and then figure things out? Why not, why, why, why not go six months and then figure out y'all ain't compatible? Why not just a, why not a this is a way right off the bat? Now, now by the way, on the first date, maybe don't share the this is the way, amen, like, oh, you ain't God for me. Or the other way, like, I just feel like we should get married. Okay, you're probably going to scare them, but, but I think it would be, I think it would be a, a nicer to live from a this is a way, walk in this. Do this. Send your kids to that school. Why don't you get a God idea for your children instead of just send them to this school or send them to that school or homeschool them? Don't, don't, don't send your kids to an educational system out of fear ever. Get a, this is the way for your child because your child might learn in a better situation. I don't know who that was for, but it was not in my notes. He'll give you a, this is the way. Maybe the way that you're trying to deal with your spouse isn't working. But I've been hounding her for six months. It's not working, buddy. Ma'am, it's not working. Why don't you get a, this is the way. You know, the Spirit of God can speak to you that specifically. Woo! Who said he can? Does anybody know the voice of God in this place? I'm telling you, friend, this is real stuff. This is real. But now let me, let me say, let me give you a little key about the voice of God. He whispers. He's not a loud talker. He's not like me. You know, even this kind of style of church... I think it's needed because I think in today's world we need to be inspired like never before because we got so much junk going on. But just know that he's not, he's not going to talk at this decibel level when you get in the car. He's going to whisper. And that means you're going to have to get quiet. He, see, he said this. He said, I am the Lord. I do not change. He, he didn't give us a new Bible for 2018. Oh, man, it's really loud in today's culture. You got Instagram, you got Facebook, you got Twitter, you got Snapchat, you got a lot going on. You got a cell phone, you got a lot. Man, it, it, everything is so loud and in your face. I'm going to change how I communicate to you for this. No, no, no. The still small voice of the Holy Spirit is still the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. He said, I do not speak in the fire. I do not speak in the earthquake. 
I do not speak in the whirlwind. You're going to have to get alone and you're going to have to get quiet and you're going to have to learn to get quiet. You're going to have to learn how to get in his presence and you're going to have to learn stillness if you want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you have to go on a fast. Sometimes you have to say, okay, today I'm not eating. I'm not getting on my phone. I'm not watching TV. If I listen to anything, it's going to be praise and worship music and I'm going to give some time to God, and I'm going to get alone with God. These are ancient things, but they're actually timeless things. And I wouldn't make any decision without at least a day of fasting and prayer before I do anything big. A lot of times I'll even do a three-day fast. I'm not telling people to fast right now. Some of y'all mad at me. You're like, this is Christmas, bro. Don't tell me to give up eggnog right now. I'm not trying to get all up in your personal space, but I'm saying, I'm saying maybe it's going to take a little bit of stillness. And how does God speak? You know, God only speaks one way through this, okay? Now, here's why I say that, because I'm going to give you other ways that he'll speak to you, but everything he speaks to you will agree with this. And there's a lot of people, thank you, there's a lot of people in, in what I call charismania, they're charismaniacs, they're spirit-filled people that say things like, you know, man, don't. You know, don't, bo- don't put God in a box. God put himself in a box. And he's secure enough to speak to you through this. Man, God's bigger than the Bible. Don't limit God. God's bigger than the Bible. He is, and we'll find out how big he is in eternity. But while we're here, call me old school, but the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. And I stand alone on the word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Is God bigger than 1,500 pages? Of course. He's, in, he's God. But we're going to find out that over there. But while we're here, he gave us this. And before you start talking about he's bigger than this, have you memorized this? Do you know this? Do you know anything about this? Do you know the difference between Colossians and Galatians and Chronicles and Corinthians? Can you give me one verse that you have memorized with a, with a, with a chapter? And ver- I mean, do you know anything besides Jesus wept? Stop talking about God's bigger than the Bible and you don't even know the Bible. Why don't we start here? This is safe ground. This is a rock. This is the eternal seed of the word of God. And it shall not return unto him void. And I know this is old school. This thing changed my life. Well, shoot. God bless. We'll see you next week. Oh, no, okay. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. Um, so see, if you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, I promise you it will agree with this. And if it doesn't, it wasn't the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been your flesh, you know, just you, you, you heard what you wanted to hear, you know. You know, I've had, I've had married people come up to me and be like, you know, God told me I'm supposed to leave my spouse. <laughs> really? <laughs> God told me, my, the, the girl I work with, I'm supposed to marry her. Really? So Jesus said what God put together, let no man separate. But now he's saying you're supposed to leave with your Assistant. That makes sense. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't, he, 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 
he says one thing, friend, he's consistent. And so when you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, or let me say it like this, when you feel something, hear something, sense something, you then take it and you submit it to the word. And if it don't line up with the word, it was pizza. (laughs) We hear the voice of God from a trusted friend, from someone who's lived life longer than you and can can help you and guide you and, and give you wisdom. We you, you hear the voice of God through a, through a preacher, but only if that preacher's preaching God's word. But it's, it's, in the, it's in the illumination of the preaching. It's when the preacher begins to preach God's word that, yes, his voice is seemingly louder and clearer because in that moment, God anoints that moment. But, but for you to hear the voice, you're going you're gonna to have to get quiet. And for you to hear God, you're going to have to get in his word and now listen, if, if you need a word from God, he wants to give it to you. Look at James chapter 1, verse 5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. And he won't rebuke you for asking. He's not going to go, well, you should know better. Why don't you already know that? No, no he's not going to rebuke you for asking. God, I need direction, and he will begin to show you. Amen. He is our wonderful counselor. Number two, that took way too long. Number two, Jesus is our strength. He is mighty God. This word mighty means strength. This word mighty means power. They're they're all interchangeable. I want you to know that Jesus is not only strong, but he's strong enough to strengthen you. And when he gives you strength, it doesn't take away from his strength. Because he's that strong. And if you're, if you're feeling weak today, he's not frustrated with you. And if you're feeling tired today or weary, he's not impatient with you. He has, but he does have strength to give you. The Bible said in Psalm 103, he knows we're dust. He, he, he gets it. He's there with us. He understands it. But then he would go on to say this, Isaiah 40, verse 28, but have you not known? Maybe you didn't know. Have you not heard? Maybe you've never heard. So let me introduce you to Jesus. The Lord is the everlasting God. Hallelujah. God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might. He increases strength. Come on. Come on. Isn't that a good promise from God today? I just want you to know today that God will increase your strength, that God will give power to the faint. Jesus wants to strengthen you. Jesus is strength for our journey. He is strength in the fight. He is stronger than our insecurities, stronger than our fears, stronger than the strength of the past. He is power in our weakness. Jesus is power over flesh, power over demons, power over guilt, power over shame, power over sin, power over the grip of what you did or what someone did to you. Come on. Our God is a mighty God and he has enough strength for everybody in this room. Come on, give the Lord a praise and I'll I'll keep moving, I promise. 
This is Jesus. Hallelujah. Number three, Jesus is our identity. Everlasting Father. I want to camp out at everlasting for one moment. I felt like the Holy Spirit really illuminated this to me. He's everlasting. That word everlasting in the Hebrew language, a better word really is like ancient. In other words, like timeless. Um, you'll, you'll never find the beginning of it and you'll never find the end of it. He's the alpha and the omega, but you'll never find that alpha and you'll never find that omega. He's, he's that He's that big, he's that timeless, and what that word kind of means is like there's, there's no beginning point or ending point. He is the beginning point. He is the ending point. You'll never fight. He doesn't run out. He doesn't run out. Jesus doesn't run out. Um, Jesus is not inconsistent. And I, I felt like the Holy Spirit told me there's a lot of people in the room, you've had inconsistent fathers in your life or inconsistent authority. And maybe I even felt like they popped in for a weekend and they were there and they were engaged and then they would disappear for a few months and then they would pop in and then they would leave and they were very inconsistent. And when you hear father, it, it hurts and it makes you very nervous and it, it's, it's not an easy way for you to connect with God. But I want you to know he's an everlasting father. He's not an inconsistent father. He's an everlasting father. And by the way, if you're a dad in here and you feel like an inconsistent father, you can learn from your everlasting father. And you can actually break that thing over your life. And you can actually break that curse over your family. And the Holy Spirit will help you, sir, to be a great dad and to break curses over your family and to, to truly be the head of the house. The Holy Spirit will give you energy. I promise you, he will, he will help you, Dad. But, but I'm talking to people and it's hard to trust God and you have abandonment issues and it's hard to ever really go in and it's hard for you to really lean in because is, is God gonna leave me like they left me? Is this church gonna hurt me like the last church hurt me? Is, is this relationship gonna break me like the last? relationship break, broke me is is Jesus going to be like every other authority figure that I've experienced in my life and I've just come to tell somebody that I believe the Holy Spirit is breaking the fear of abandonment off of you even right now that that fear of being left alone that thing that causes you to push people away before they can push you away I believe that fear is lifting off of you he is an everlasting father God does not have good days and bad days. Just good days. Just good days. Just good days. This is who he is, friend. He's everlasting. He's everlasting. I don't know who I'm talking to. He's everlasting. He's not going to quit on you. I promise you're going to quit on him many times on the journey. He's going to outlast you. He's going to outlast your rebellion. He's going to outlast that addiction. He's going to outlast that attitude. He's going to outlast that, that, that secret. He's going to outlast that, that struggle. 
He's going to outlast you. And when the world runs dry and you've tried everything, Jesus will still be standing there. And he will not be standing there high and mighty shaking his head at you. But he will be standing there arms open wide because he is ever. See, see, sin has a point where it runs out, where the pleasure ceases where where the high is no longer high and that's why people have to go from marijuana to a different drug to a different drug to a different drug and they have to keep they have to keep because they're actually just chasing that original high they're actually just chasing that thing and what the world cannot do all those other things are not everlasting but he is an everlasting father oh is anybody grateful i'm just telling somebody when everything else runs out, he's there. So don't even mess with all that stuff. Leave all that. Don't, don't go there. Well, let me find out for myself. No, dum-dum. <laughs> you can learn by wisdom or you can learn by experience. I'm going to learn by wisdom. I don't need to experience everything to know... Uh, I've seen it. Wisdom. I ain't going to go there. His grace is everlasting. Mercy, everlasting. Patience, everlasting. Love, everlasting. Goodness, everlasting. Abundance, everlasting. This is Jesus. And then from that point, from that, from that place of, of knowing your everlasting father, then you find your identity. So put this on the screen. I am not what I have. I am not what I do. I am not my worst moment. No amens, because y'all stuck up. So I'll just talk to me. I'm so grateful that I'm not my worst moment. I've had some bad moments. I've had some more recent than I would care to share. Cool, no one, no one has had one. Okay, awesome. I'm glad I'm the one human in the world in this room. I'm not my best moment. I've had some really good moments. But I'm not my best moment. So in my worst moment, I'm not discouraged. In my best moment, I'm not prideful. Because I'm not my worst moment. I'm not my best moment. I'm, I'm not what other people say or think about me or post about me on Instagram. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so grateful I am not the man that some preachers say I am. I am a child of God. I'm loved by an everlasting father. That's who I am. That's who you are. You're a child of God. That's where I find my value. Number four, Jesus is our peace. Hallelujah. He is prince of peace. Now, this word prince is a very interesting word. It's actually a military term. It's, it's, prince isn't really the, the best word here. Um, it's like commander or military leader of peace. Uh, there's an old saying that says there is no peace without war. Listen to me. Jesus is making war with everything that is trying to take your peace. 
I think someone needs to clap. I don't know why I feel like somebody, you needed that word. He is violently protecting your peace. Violence and peace in the same, in the same sentence. Yeah, it's, it kind of doesn't make sense. But see, Jesus wants to do the heavy lifting of your peace. He's not asking you to fight the battle. He's asking you to let him be the Prince of Peace. He's asking you to stand behind him while he wages war against your enemies. He's asking you to let him fight for you. He is the Prince of Peace. See, last week I talked about do not fear. And there are moments of panic. There are moments where life gets scary and you have to choose. I, I will not fear. It's a, it's, a, it's a confession of faith. I will. I know what the doctor just said. I will not fear. I know, what, I know what's going on in the world. I will not fear. I know, what, I know what I'm experiencing at work. I will not fear. And there's those moments you have to declare that. But then, but then after that, what's, what's next? Here's what's next. Now you walk in peace. Okay? I will not fear. I will walk in peace. Peace, Isaiah 26, 3, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he, here's the big word, he trusts in you. No trust, no peace. Peace is a trust issue. So you're saying, God, give me peace, and God's saying, you give me trust. It's, it's an exchange. It's not until you trust God that you can experience the perfect peace of God. Perfect peace, not perfect circumstance, not a perfect day, not a perfect life, not a perfect year. Not a perfect marriage, not a perfect relationship, not a perfect job. Not a perfect happening, no. Perfect peace. Not a perfect world, perfect peace. Perfect peace because my trust is in a perfect God who gives out perfect peace. So, Psalm 31, verse 14. I'm, I'm a confession guy. I, I believe that, that the most powerful thing you can do in life is, is speak God's word and declare God's word out of your own mouth. Look what David said. But I trust you, Lord, and I say you are my God. I say. Now, if you read Psalm 31, it's crazy. David's got a lot going on. And basically, verse 1 through 13, he's complaining. He's talking about all his enemies and all his haters and all his, I mean, he's just, you know, it's the ultimate like Facebook rant, you know, where you're just complaining about life and you, just, you know what I'm saying? Just, and then it's like in verse 14, he goes, oh man, what am I doing? And he says, I'm going to keep saying, I trust you. Um, a lot's going on in life, but I refuse to let it get my confession. Is that denial? It's faith. Someone without faith might call it denial. It's faith. I refuse to let what's going on around me affect the rudder of my life. Which James says, the rudder of your life is your tongue. I, I, I refuse to let, and see, and, and the tongue is inside of you. I refuse to let what's going on outside of me affect what's going on inside of me. You don't see the tongue. I refuse to let what I see affect what cannot be seen. I refuse to let the external affect the internal. 
I refuse to let the momentary affect the eternal. My, my con- I cannot let my confession move. God, I trust you. Here's a great prayer to pray. Every morning when you wake up, that alarm goes off and you hit the snooze button. And then you say this before your feet touch the ground. God, I trust you. You are my God. And you say it, and you say it, frankly, until you believe it. (laughs) Because you know, the voice that is leading you is the voice you hear most consistently. And in case you don't know, the voice you listen to most, the one you listen or hear most consistently, it's your voice. So what you say matters most. There are people that are offended by things I say. You know, people will leave church. I can't believe a preacher would say that. But what I say isn't nearly as important as what you're saying. What I say can be an amen to what you say. But my say cannot change your say. Can you say amen? (laughs) This is... (laughs) The people who get the most from this word are the people, or the most from this church, or the most from a preacher, are the, are the people who are learning how to say for themselves. Speak for them, have found their own voice of faith. And then I'm just, I'm just fuel on the fire. Um, don't, let it get, don't let it get your confession. Don't let it steal your praise. Don't let it take your prayer. Don't let complaining become the compass of your life. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. This is Jesus. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. The, the, the world's peace, come on, it's, it's all over the place. Look at stock markets. They go up and down. Depending on a feeling, depending on a, what's going to happen next. One day we were going to war with North Korea. The next day they were shaking hands. It's like, it's up, it's down. Then it's Russia and then it's this and then it's that. And then it's, there's always something going on. There's always wars and rumors of wars. That's the world's peace. It's, it's up, it's down, it's all around. It's, it's revolutions and it's riots and, it's, and there's just constant stuff going around, you know, around in our world right now. That's the world's peace. The world's peace is fragile, weak, and circumstantial. But God's peace is strong, secure, beyond our happenings. God's peace is eternal, consistent, perfect, constant. And it is a shield that guards my heart and it guards my mind. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. He'll give you peace in a storm. And that that peace is eternal, that peace is internal, and then that peace begins to affect the external. That peace begins to cause waves to stop and wind to cease. Begins to cause the storm to die. But it's got to start here in the saying, I say I trust you. I say you are my God. I trust you. And because I trust you, you keep me 
and perfect peace. And, and did you notice Jesus said in John 14, he said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your heart, don't let your heart, don't let, don't let your heart lead. For all my young people, but the heart wants what it wants. I love Selena Gomez. What a talent. But I better not live from my heart. Heart wants what it wants. Man, heart wants what it wants. There's a lot of things I want that'll ruin my life. Try that one on your spouse. Well, babe, the heart wants what it wants. You, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't allow it. When your heart starts acting up, when, when the, when the core emotion of your, that's what your heart is. One theologian said your heart is where your spirit and soul meet. It's that, it's that deep core of who you are, but you can't let that thing lead. You must let the spirit of God lead. Don't let your heart be troubled. Neither let your heart be afraid. First John says your heart will condemn you. You don't lead from that place. You don't live from that place. You live by the Holy Spirit. You live by the word of God. I know this is like so like old school preaching. I feel like an, you know, like a hundred year old up here. Like I'm, you know, I know this isn't like popular anymore and it doesn't really stir that soul side of you. But this is what you need. You have to become a Bible person. I don't know how to explain this to you. I don't, when you're going through hell, you better, you better have something from God. When the doctor gives you a bad report, you better have something. 